how exciting it is what God's doing in this place. I have a word for you, um, but I want to just kind of tag along with what they're talking about. Is this morning I went ahead and took my flyer, took my phone, uh, clicked on it, went online. Within a minute and a half, I was on, able to look over everything. So it doesn't take much at all to be able to have that happen in your life. Everyone online, uh, because you're not able to be here, uh, you're able then to click on that and find out everything that's going on. But uh, I invite you to come and physically be with us because it's important that we all gather together. Also, just a reminder of the building fund uh, that we continue to give to that and um, so that we can uh, take care of the full amount that uh, is needed to be taken care of. And then we'll be announcing to you within the next few months of the next step uh, regarding our sanctuary, foyer, offices, and our parking lot, all the above, <clears throat> to get us to a place where we know God wants us to be. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me, and we're going to continue and conclude the 10 decrees in God's kingdom. And yes, we are talking about finances, but actually we're talking about the bottom line, going to a new level, having a breakthrough in stewarding life, stewarding everything that God has given us for the kingdom of God and in this world. Because uh, be of good cheer, God has overcome the world. And just before it says that, it says, in this world you have tribulation. So with that in mind, I would ask that you would just close your eyes and, and let me just to talk to you. It's basically a prophetic word, but in essence, it is a communication from the throne room of God uh, to all of us. You have noticed in the past few months another step of the enemy wanting to bring fear and deception in your life. He has gone after the control of your body. He has gone after the control of your finances. He has gone after your education. He has gone after many different things in life that in this world, in your world, the United States of America, is normalcy. Everything in your thinking today has been questioned. Every aspect of your spiritual walk has been questioned towards you, has tried to re-identify who you are even as a believer on my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You have made great inroads and breakthroughs in your life not to allow this deception to take place. But I would say to you, beware, because there has been changes in the church. The church has questioned many aspects of their belief system. Some churches, organizations called church, has made decisions to back away from my word, the way I am, who I am in my ways, 
and have made their own decisions, just like way back when my people have taken my law and made hundreds more laws with their own thinking, trying to propagate peace when they brought chaos and a demonic realm that brought, brought confusion in them, which caused sin in many areas. But today, I am speaking to you and saying, well done. In the future, you will begin seeing a result that you have long believed for. But the enemy has brought this deception and brought this, this manifestation in our world, and we stand mute in many of these things that we really know the truth. And I proclaim to you that in the next few months, it will get worse, chaos will happen worse in our world, but because my people stand in the gap in prayer and in truth, I will move greater than you've ever experienced before, and you will experience a breakthrough that I have planned for you. It has nothing to do with how good you are or how, how much sin or less of sin that you're walking in. Do not remove the power of the cross, remove the power of the blood and the stripes on my son because it was great and nothing is greater than that and nothing can, can overwhelm that because be of good cheer, I have overcome the world and it is a done deal. What I ask you today is to hear my words and to recheck, recalculate your thinking and come in line with what my truth says. And I will bless you. I will give you favor in the sight of me and the world. I will give you a blessing in your finances. I will give you a blessing because you have a heart. I will trust you because you have become good stewards. And because you are good stewards, I will trust you with, with riches to be able to display that to the world and bring that into bringing victory in people's lives that have been deceived. People make their choices. And because of their choices is what they will have. They will either have heaven or they will have hell. They will either have peace or they will have chaos in their life. I proclaim to my church, peace be with you, says the Lord. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the word that you've given us today. Lord, I come against that deception in Jesus' name. I come against dishonor in Jesus' name. I, Spirit, I sent you right now. I sent you right now, and in Jesus' name, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Dishonor is not a place at Valley Community Church. Dishonor is not a place in our homes, and dishonor is not a place in our businesses and our jobs. And Father, I proclaim now in Jesus' name victory and breakthrough in that area that it is stopped and today is a new day, a new season.
for Valley Community Church as there will be many more in the near future. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord an applause, would you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. Again, let me say this. Bottom line, this series is about going to a new level in areas of our life. Because we started stewarding God's ways in our life and our finances and a budgeting life. We have talked topics on marriage, relationships, faith, our bodies, worship, prayer, and many more kingdom revelations in this series through almost a year. This series lasted almost a year. It was in different parts, different seasons. But bottom line, what God gave me during COVID and during shutdown, he gave me this reality. I've been writing this for many years, but he gave me this reality that it was to be for, to break into this new year and to break into the year of breakthrough. We also have received a prophecy uh, through one of our sisters in the Lord that told us that this decade is a decade of breakthrough. So what I am looking forward to is another seven and a half years of basic breakthrough, truth, freedom, and absolute godliness in my life, and I'm believing it for you too. So we've already done the first six decrees, and today let's finish this teaching on finances and touch on the last four. Again, this, these last three weeks have not been a thorough teaching on finances, but I've tried to really, a lot of times I've taught on finances and I brought you a lot of the spiritual implications and the specifications that uh, specifications that God set up regarding our uh, finances. But I, I just wanted to be really kind of real in the last three weeks. And I wanted to show you things and, and aspects of just things you can do that you can walk out of the door today of the sanctuary and you can begin applying it because it's simplistic things. Everyone needs to introduce themselves, remember, to Mr. Budget. And I know with all the personality tests that you get on the job, and we have given that in some of the ministries we've done here, and this is your, this is your personality, and budget isn't something, administration isn't something that that you are, you know, you know, that's not your lifestyle. But let me just say this to you. It is your lifestyle because it's spiritual. And it is something that we all must function in, and it's part of your spiritual walk. And it's hard to, dis, you know, to bring it together. We disassociate budget with spiritual things because we think, you know, budget, you know, is administrative and it's, you know, line upon line, all the different things, but really it is very spiritual because if we don't budget areas of our life, time, Sabbath, getting in the word, 
then the enemy can come in and steal, kill, and destroy. But as we know, John 10.10 says, but Jesus came that gave you that life, and that life more abundantly. Where you get more abundance is that you, you have a relationship with Mr. Budget in your life. Mr. Budget in our world is not liked very much, but you need to have him in your home. Again, it's much more than money. So let's look at the seventh decree. Remember, we're matching up these decrees with the Ten Commandments. So the, the seventh one is you shall live below your means. You shall live below your means. Exodus twenty fourteen says, you shall not commit adultery. A man or woman that is committing adultery is living beyond his or her means that God provided for them. They have believed a lie that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener on the other side of scriptural truth. They believe they will be happy if they go beyond the means God has provided for them or their spouse. If you're single, this is for you too. Your body is yours, and you need to steward your body in godliness. See, it's the same with financial spending. It becomes spiritual adultery to go outside the means God has provided. So today, let me show you why we do this, and then show you how to live within your means. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, very interesting scripture, verse 6 and 7, it says, Now godliness with contentment. I've known a lot of godly people, but they weren't contented. They didn't have contentment. They always wanted just something more. There's just got to be something more. And, they're always just, and the reason why they're, they're going after prayer and believing and getting in the word of God is because there's got to be more. That's not how it works. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Let me ask you this. You know, if you've seen this, uh, tell me if you have. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. When we die, we don't leave with anything. So verse 8, I want to emphasize a word. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. See, God promises food and clothing. The people that, that don't have food and clothing, either they are ruled by people who've stolen it, or they've made wrong choices, diving into drugs, alcohol, things that destroy their life, and their inability to have food and clothing. Remember last week, we are to love the poor. It is your and my responsibility to live a life where we see the poor and we bless the poor. But there are a lot of people that work hard to be poor so they can get your money. Think about that. You might get that tomorrow. Verse 9. 
But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and in many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, not money, money's not the problem with God. Money should not be the problem with you and me. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. <clears throat> so the first way to live below your means is learn to be content. Learn to be content. You can make yourself content. It's a choice. Being content is a choice that we have to make. During COVID, and I'm just going to say this to you, uh, many people knew about this. During COVID, for about seven years before, I was attacked from a virus that I contacted on an international trip. And for the first four to five years, we didn't know what it was. I just kept going. I just kept doing that. And before you know it, I began to uh, attain, you know, contain water and uh, different things like that and gain some weight and all the different things. I still worked out. I still ran. I still did what I did. Didn't find out what it was. Finally, I did. By the time I did, it had literally 20 to 40% destroyed my internal organs. And today I am still uh, healing. It's been a slow process. I'm still healing. But we caught it, we stopped it, we killed the virus, and, and now I am <clears throat> on some medicine. That's why you hear my throat. I'm on some stupid medicine. I hate medicine. Anyways, that's my opinion. Is it causes my, my throat to be dry and all kinds of stuff. So the reality is I'm still working out, doing all that, got back down to my playing baseball weight, all the different stuff. And it's funny because a lot of people came to me and said, Pastor, you've been losing weight. Are you okay? Why didn't you come to me when I, when I weighed 40 pounds more and said, Pastor, you're gaining weight. Are you okay? See, that's the way the world is, you know. It's like, you can't say that. You might hurt its feelings. But anyways, so it says, for the love of money, here, here my part here is that we have to get to a place that we begin to steward our lives correctly. I shut down the month of November, the whole month of November, when we were still out, we couldn't come in. I shut down, I recorded some of my messages and then had other people record messages during the month of November. If you watched, you notice I wasn't on, I think, two or three weeks. And the reality was that I shut down, I Sabbathed. That's where I really had the Holy Spirit speak to me about Sabbath, about stewarding my life. See, I was always in shape. I was always, I got a lot of energy. I can go morning, noon, and night. I was prideful about that, that I could just go, 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 and go to bed, sleep, get up the next morning, do the same thing. But that's not how God wants me to be. God wants me to steward every aspect of my life, and God wants you to steward every aspect of your life. 
No, no matter how spiritual we have become in our life, there are things that God wants to teach us. And I've said this before in messages, that God wants you to Sabbath, and if you don't, he's going to make you Sabbath. I had to shut down for a month. I paid back that mentality I had before. Succeed, succeed, succeed. Do all the things. Travel, do this, do that. You know, be ready for anybody and everybody. And I have learned in my older age to really steward well. I thought I was stewarding life great. I thought I was doing it all. I was in the Word. I was praying. I was doing everything right. But I wasn't stewarding specific areas of my life. And so when I'm teaching here, there is a, there is a kind of an implication that I've noticed is that when I teach on finances, the attendance goes down and the giving goes down. And it's happened here. And, and the reality is we have to understand, I'm not trying to build some financial empire here. What I'm trying to do is help you to steward well so that you walk in a full life in God's ways, in his blessings. And as Hebrews 11 says, that many died early, that we don't die early. I'm just saying that. I'm being straight with you. That's what Scripture talks about. Many have died early because they did not steward their life well. Are you with me? Okay. So the first way to live below your means is learn to be content. Philippians 4, verse 11, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. You know how many people base their spiritual uh, entity in their life, their spiritual worth in their life by what they have or what they don't have? It's just like people base other people's salvation based on how they live their life. Where we understand that your salvation is based on the belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. After you're born again, justification happens because of the blood of Jesus. You didn't work for it, you didn't earn it. But now sanctification takes place. Sanctification is you learn how to live God's ways after, before living the world's way. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In the middle of all, whatever goes on in your life, you can do all things because Christ is in the middle of it strengthening you. Whether things are good or not so good, he learned in this passage how to do that, being content. So the question is, what happened or what happens when you are not content with what God has given? Here's the answer. If you don't live a life of contentment, 
You are boldly stating to God, I am not content with what you have given me. And I am not content with you, God. The reason I will use my credit card and don't have the money to pay for it is I'm not content with you and the way you are providing for me because that person is evil and they have more money than me. Why are you doing that to me? When you do that, you are living above your means. And it starts with an attitude. It doesn't start with what you have. It starts with an attitude. The reason is they haven't taught themselves to be content. And 1 Timothy 6 says it opens the door to all kinds of evil. It does. Let's now look at the second reason, um, learning how to be content. Luke 14. Very quickly, I'll read this. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Here's the second reason and the answer. Some never take the time to count the cost of a decision we make. Some of you, what I'm about to say, it's a bad word for you. You will never learn to be content until you learn math. <laughs> math. You go into a place, they ask you, what's your income? And you tell them, 4000 a month. Well, give us your bills. Well, I got a $2,000 house payment, $400 car payment, $500 uh, over a car lease, $300 here, $600 here, $100 here. It doesn't work, expenses and income. And we wonder and we ask the Lord, how come... I've tried to tithe, and how come it's not working for me? Because we didn't steward well. Math is not bad. I remember calculus, trigonometry. Actually, I loved math, math and science. And so I took all that. Math is not bad. What you told your teacher you would never need, you need. You need math. How many of you ever said to a friend, man, I don't know why they're teaching this in school. I don't need it. 30 years later, you've realized you need it. How many teachers can respond to that? <clears throat> we have a whole society in the United States of America and the world that's in debt. Have you ever gone to a store and the cashier couldn't figure out your change? I mean, it was $9.95, you gave them a $10 bill, they looked at the machine, the machine broke, didn't tell them how much changed, they couldn't figure out a nickel. Here's a solution. If you can't count, <laughs> marry somebody who can. Yeah. Or get a friend who can. 
We talked about this last week, a financial advisor. Mr. Budget needs math. So that's the seventh decree. Here's the eighth decree. You shall not count on future earnings to pay present expenses. You shall not count on future earnings to pay present expenses. Exodus 20, 15 says, you shall not steal. Spending money you don't have is stealing. Let me tell you why. Because when we're good stewards, God uses us and blesses us to be able to bless other people and to do the work of the kingdom. But if we use the money before we get the money and, and God gives us the money, we can't do what he's asked us to do. And what we're doing is we're stealing from God. Everyone smile, okay? Because I, I know it makes you uncomfortable. That's why the attendance goes down when you talk about finances. Spending money you don't have is stealing. It's wrong to use a credit card when you don't have the money in your bank account. I'm just being straight with you. 80% of Americans spend their tax refund check before they get it back. They put a TV on the credit card, and hopefully by the time the bill comes, the check comes from the government. But 28% of those people use the tax refund on another thing and don't pay off the credit card. Don't pay off the TV. If you want something, it's called patience and contentment. Save for it. Let me show you what that lifestyle of stealing from the future does spiritually. Romans 8.24 talks about this. Notice the word hope. Everyone say the word hope. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Let me explain that scripture. God wired you to operate on hope, to have delayed gratification. Everyone say delayed gratification, which brings satisfaction, which will bring contentment. And if we're always going before with the expenses, before the income comes in, we destroy hope in our life, which destroys contentment. But once you got it, you would experience joy and satisfaction. Debt takes away hope. Now, there is such a thing as good debt, like property. You buy property and it grows. But bottom line, I want to tell you, <clears throat> the buy now and pay later is the biggest lie regarding finances. <clears throat> it happens that way taking care of your body. It happens that way, you know, honey, we're really busy. We have small children. You know, it's just a season in our life that we, we really can't pay any time, spend any time for our lives because we're responsible for our children. And so we won't do anything. So before you know it, by the time you have time to spend time with each other, 
you don't even know each other. You don't know each other. <clears throat> and you wonder why the marriage is absolutely out of line. And there's no relationship. You can't communicate. You can't talk with one another because you don't know each other. And so what happens is the only way, <laughs> and I'm going to say it, all you moms will understand this. The only way is that you have worth in your life and your marriage is you have chaos in your marriage. Because when you were young, you had chaos with your children. Amen? Your plan is to go to bed at 10 o'clock. You go to bed at 10 o'clock, and all of a sudden a kid crawls in your bed at 11 o'clock. And you finally get them in bed. The other kid comes in at 1 o'clock. I had a bad dream. And you haven't had any sleep. Then you have to get up and go to work. But you were going to get up, and you were going to pray for 15 minutes before you went to work. And you don't see it before you know it. Life rules you. Your finances rule you. You get a paycheck. You blame it on the boss. You blame it on the job. You get a paycheck. Paycheck just takes care of everything. You have nothing left at the end. And so you need a raise. You know, government needs to help you. That's Marxism. That's communism. It's where the government will control you by money, stewarding your life, what you can work at, what your job will be. That's what happens in China. That's what happens in Russia and all over the place. You will see that, and that's the attack on the United States of America. And I want to tell you, let me tell you the greatest attack. It's on the church. It's on the church. It's on us. And some are falling to it. America is a leading century in, uh, country in debt and the leading country in depression because we are violating God's decrees on our lives and our finances. Many are depressed. Clinical psychiatrists will tell you one of the main reasons for depression is a lack of hope. Is a lack of hope. We don't wait in our finances and many other things in our life. And because of that, we fall apart. And because of that, the very teaching I'm doing is making some so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Because you feel like you're worthless. And I'm telling you, you're worth everything. That's why God brings it in the Word of God. That's why He teaches us this. That's why He's asking us to know His ways so we don't fall to these things. Let me tell you, God is proud of you. He loves you. You're His son and daughter. Don't allow this stuff that I'm teaching bring you to a place that you feel wor worthless. Make a change. Break through in your finances. So please, do not count on future earnings for your present. Here's a ninth decree. You shall use your finances to bless others and be a witness about God. You shall use your finances to bless others and be a witness about God. I live, I don't give a lot. I don't make a lot. But I give in abundance. You know why I do that? Because I've waited. I waited. 
There are times, there are emergencies that take place. Amen. But there are times those emergencies aren't real emergencies. You got to have something. You got to do something. Exodus 20, 16, here's the scripture. You shall not bear false witness to your neighbor. In this commandment, it could say, you shall be a true witness. Have you ever really watched the word of God, how concerned he is with your neighbor? If we're tied up in, in non-stewarding life, we can't touch other people and their lives. So the question is, why is God so concerned about your neighbors? The answer is, he's not talking about how to treat those on your block only, but about your family. You know the greatest witness you have in your life is your family, your children, your grandchildren? So remember, the problem is not the money, but the stewarding of the money. Do you love money more than you love God's ways? Acts 20, verse 35 says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. See that? And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The word blessed means happy. Happier are you that give than those that receive. Some of you are in a place, uh-uh. I'd be happier right now if I could receive. It feels good to receive. You know, I, I got to the place when I, when I understood the stewarding and the finance and all that, that um, it really was hard for me to receive from others. I mean, it's the way I grew up. You know, in sports, I was the, the top athlete on the team. I'll, you know, it's hard for me to receive. But then when I learned scripture and honor and all that, I began to realize receiving is a blessing. It's because God is blessing me because of me stewarding. I'm able to give it away. I can't tell you how many times through the years that, you know, a blessing has come, you know, when I say from the sky, I knew where it came from, but it just, I wasn't expecting anything. And it came, and right when it got into my hand, the Lord said, I want you to give that to so-and-so. And you know what I realized? Is it wasn't really my blessing. God trusted me because I stewarded well to be able to take a blessing that was given to me and touch this person that was just learning how to steward. See, God's not, you know, just, and I'm gonna do this, gonna be loud. He's not just slapping us every time we make a mistake. My Father in heaven loves us. He loves us. Uh, the story of Terry and I gave to a young couple. They were a young couple. We had, I had done their, their wedding. And, uh, you know, we, we counseled them all, but they just couldn't get past their past. And so we taught them how to develop a life plan, like, Many of you in business, a business plan, how to develop a life plan, how to do this. By the way, I'm going to be uh, writing, rewriting some stuff, and I'm going to show you and give you a booklet in how to develop a life plan, how to steward life well, especially your marriage. And I will be uh, doing that. Um,
hopefully within a year, and I'll give that to you. But, but what we have to understand is, is this young couple just kept struggling. They couldn't have a, they get a breakthrough. They couldn't have what, what I've been telling them, Terry's been telling them about this. So we showed them how to do this. And we said, okay, what you need to do is take three days and get away. And they said, well, we don't have any money. So, okay, well, three days at your house. Well, we got, you know, two kids. They had kids right away. You know, they were, uh, she was fertile myrtle. So every time he looked at her, she got pregnant. I don't know anybody else like that in this house, but anyways. <laughs> but the, the reality is Terry and I got together and we said, you know what? We have had such an amazing season in our life. We didn't have a lot of money either. But in that season, we have this amazing uh, thing that's going on with this couple, and they're really trying to break through. So why don't we take what we saved for our getaway, let's give it to them. They don't even know how to do that, and I've traveled a lot, you know, of ministry for Foursquare, all that, so... So I knew how to set up things. So, so I went ahead and, and called them in, and we sat with them and said, um, what would you think if we do? Well, we don't have any. No, we're paying for it, and we'll also give you an envelope with some money uh, so you can go to lunch and dinner. And they looked at us, and they began to weep because they said that they really wanted to do what we had counseled them. They said, we just didn't have the money. We prayed together for a solid week and we fasted meals that, you know, that we would be able to do this, to get away, to do something. And, you know, they already had talked to the, the family if they'd watched the kids for them, all the different things. And they just began to weep because God answered it in a quick way. That's what will happen even if you're in a bind. If you really begin to set your heart on God's ways, you'll have a breakthrough. You'll have a breakthrough. It'll be a reality. It'll be so powerful for you. It, it'll be the little thing. It may not be, you know, a, a hotel and all the different things that they receive, but they came back, and today they still are in contact with us. They have, they have grandchildren. They're still in contact with us, and they are, they are huge leaders in a church that we had planted years ago. And they're just a blessing and a half to so many people. And God blessed them because they stewarded. And now they're giving away cars and they're giving away, watch this, once a year, they give away a trip for a young couple for three days. That's what God does. Now, I told you that story because God told me I needed to share things of my wife and I personally. Have we made mistakes? Absolutely we have. All of us have made mistakes. But I want you to understand, this is what God will do because we do it God's way, we steward well. He said that great contentment, I am so content, I don't need anything. I really don't. You know, <laughs> let me just say this to you, is, is when... I had to shut down, and I've already explained this to you before, but I didn't explain to you what was going on. I had to shut down, and I wasn't to do anything except 
go to bed, take showers, sit down, and my wife just took care of me like a new baby. And I just sat and basically did nothing. I once in a while came over to the church, get the mail and all that. But I got caught up watching TV, you know, let's, let's make a deal, whatever, you know, all the different old stuff. And, you know, I love Lucy, you know, because all this. Anyways, watch some movies. But all of a sudden there were commercials happening. And I used to always click off the commercials, record, fast forward, because commercials do two things, and I'm going to share it with you. After about two to three weeks of <laughs> sitting at home, I wanted to buy everything, <laughs> and I wanted to eat everything. Amen. And I just want to just tell you what I did. Maybe you're stronger than me. You can watch that commercial on that pizza with extra cheese and sauce and pepperoni and onions, you know, all that that you put on your pizza and not like my mouth is watering right now. And, you know, watch that and be strong. Well, I want to tell you, after a while, the way God made us, it will begin to affect the way you think. Just like if you're in the Word of God every day, it will affect the way you think. And so I told Terry, I said, I'm done with this. Because, man, I, I'm watching the refrigerator more than I'm watching the TV. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, well, anyway, so let's go on. Here's the 10th decree, and we'll close with this. You shall not try to keep up with the Joneses, or whatever their name is. Exodus 20, 17 says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. In other words, that new lawnmower they have, don't covet it. Go to them and say, that is the nicest lawnmower in the world. I'm glad you have it. Walk away with contentment with the one that breaks every time you cut your lawn. God does not want us to compare ourselves financially or any other way with anybody. If you compare, you open the door to covetousness. And that's an important word, and we'll, we'll talk about that now. Luke 12, 15 says, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. My identity isn't based on what I have. My identity isn't based on, on the person that I hang out with. I've been with presidents of nations. I've, I've counseled professional basketball players, professional football players, professional baseball players. I've been around. I've been in the house of, of Hollywood stars. They put their, their pants on just like you and me. And I am not thrilled or overwhelmed by being, there's honor. They've succeeded in the business they're in, what they do. There's great honor to that. Mr. President, it is such an honor to meet you and to be in the very room of a person 
who has changed his nation. And I didn't go around telling everybody, I've been with the president. I've been with this. I hang around with Mike Minner. I hang around with all these guys, you know, Jake Voskel, the center for the Bobcat. I, I just hang around. Look, we, we go out, you know. One time I went in the mountains with, with Jake and his wife, Jennifer, and my wife. And we went to the mountains to have dinner. And uh, the ladies went into a store, and Jake and I went into the restaurant to get the seat. And uh, we walked in. He's seven foot one. I'm five foot one, anyways. <laughs> and, you know, looking up at him like that. And they walk up to Jake and they say, you must be a basketball player. He goes, no, I play hockey. You know, and, and it's like we laughed and they, they recognized. You're Jake Vosco. Yeah, I am. Well, here's a seat for you, you know. Well, he couldn't sit in a regular seat. Because his legs would be busting my chest, you know, how tall he was. But here's, here's the point, is he was a guy. There are a couple that we prayed with, that we helped in their marriage and raising their children and all the different things. And we, we gave him counsel, and Terry would meet with Jennifer regarding these things. Not because they didn't have a good understanding, but they just wanted a pastor to speak into their lives. And it was an honor. God will, will place you with kings if you steward life well. I got a lot of peers. They, they run around trying to rub shoulders with all the big shots. <laughs> and the way God works, because you steward your life well, I get with the big shots because they asked me to go be with them. And I'm not saying that as a look at me. I'm just telling you, it's God, it's not me. It's God. Dr. Remy is probably the greatest, and Ruth are probably the greatest examples of honor that I've ever met in my whole life. I think you need to clap for them. the honor that they pursue. It was almost embarrassing to me when the first time that I traveled with Dr. Remy and the way he served me. But then I caught it because I did the same thing for others. I caught it is that he knew that I was the one that was called to speak into lies and he was doing everything he could to make sure that there was no demonic influence. There was nothing that would hinder what God was going to do. And Dr. Remy, because of you, God did a great work. There were many churches planted because of that work. And I attribute not just because of my teaching, it's because of the man of God honored the call and his wife was at home praying on every day. That's how it works. That's how it works on your job. If you've got an honorary supervisor, pray for him. Give honor. Give honor. God will turn it around. So don't compare yourself with others. You are important. You are vital for the things that you do, whether you have or have not, whether you've been or have not been. You are important. 
Luke 12, 15, and he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Colossians 3, 5, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. See, many of us, knowing Scripture, have put fornication to death. But you know, covetousness is just as important as that. Covetousness means or is idolatry or idol worship. So how does it become idolatry? Once you covet what someone else has, then what the person has becomes an idol and the person becomes the God. How does that happen, Pastor? Come on. You want what that person has rather than what God has for you. You exchange God for them. You want what they have when God has everything. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Your principles now become based on that person's principles rather than principles of the kingdom of God. That person sets the order for your life and now your desire is their desires, not God's desires for you. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Have you ever heard that part of that scripture? I will never leave you nor forsake you. What does it say before it? He says, let me be your guide. Let me be the one that is your source. I'm the one that provides for you. Let me read it again, Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the covetousness or the love of money and be content in what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's the God that you and I serve. Amen, go ahead. Be content in who God is. Be content in no other God but your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who will take you on a journey of breakthrough. The five that you have in front of you, the breakthrough that is there. God has prophesied and he has stated to us, today's the day. But how you do it, in all the areas that we taught, what it is, what they are, you must steward life well. Get into the Bible studies. Ladies, if you don't go Tuesday morning or Tuesday night, you need to go. Gentlemen, you need to sign up. Five bucks, really? For a big barbecue and the word that will transform your life. This, this next time, we're going to be talking about honor. We're going to talk about what that means, how to do that. It will change your marriage, guys. It will change your, your school. It will change everything about you when you do it God's ways. Let's all stand.